Over the holiday weekend, an interview with Cardinal Robert Seurat was released about Samorum Pontificum and the Latin Mass that no one has really talked about yet, and so we're going to do just that. He links everything together here, the dwindling belief in the faith, the collapse of morals in the church, all of it, and he links it to the stale rigidity of hostility towards the traditional liturgy and traditional sacred languages of the church. Cardinal Seurat says here that Benedict XVI will be remembered as the Pope of Samorum Pontificum and of the defense of the sacred beauty of the church. On an interesting side note here, one that I'll touch on towards the end, Miss Anne Barnhart said something similar, pointing out that Benedict used the language to describe the Mass that I frankly hate, but he did it with a purpose. The use of ordinary form to describe the new Mass and the term extraordinary form to describe the traditional Mass, and he did this with a purpose to preserve the Latin Mass against attempts to sequester it away, to lock it away by limiting it to a certain cadre of priests who could be easily controlled. I'll have that story linked for you in today's show notes at my sources site, returntotradition.org, that's the name of this uh, podcast or channel, with a .org at the end as its address, along with this interview because they're insightful. And with the word seeming to grow that it isn't so much a ban of the Latin Mass, but something more insidious that is coming a forcing of traditional priests to pinch incense to the Paca Papa Francis by saying the new Mass periodically. It's a welcome sign that some of the cardinals are speaking in defense of the traditional liturgy and the impact it has on the faith. So let's get into this. I'll be presenting the highlights of his comments in an order that helps paint a picture because in this interview, he and his interviewer are being fairly subtle. Cardinal Seurat only barely mentions the move to eliminate the Latin Mass or to restrict it to Paca Papa Francis loyalists. Instead, he points out a number of issues here that are at the heart of the matter, a rigid adherence to modernism among some of the bishops, and the poor formation of priests and bishops in many cases, leading to this antipathy and overt hostility to tradition. But he says something here. Benedict's papacy will be remembered as the Pope of liturgical peace because he tried to forge a bridge of unity in the church, and that any attempt to end the Latin Mass is going to be futile. Quote, In history, Benedict XVI will be remembered as well as a great theologian, as the Pope of Samorum Pontificum, of liturgical peace, the ecumenical bridge to the Christian East through the Latin Gregorian liturgy, the will of recovery of the Christian roots, and the unity of Europe against all empty materialism and empty promises of the beast. Starting with Samorum Pontificum, although with many difficulties and resistance, the Church has begun a path of liturgical and spiritual reform that, although slow, is irreversible. In the Church, a new generation of young people has emerged, from young families who, despite intransigent clerical attitudes in opposition to the venerable Latin Gregorian liturgy, a clericalism that Pope Francis has denounced on several occasions, show that this liturgy has a future because it has a past, a history of holiness and a beauty that cannot be erased or abolished overnight. The Church is not a battlefield in which you play to win by trying to bring others down in the spiritual sensibilities of other brothers and sisters in the faith. As Benedict XVI said to the French bishops, in the church there is room for everyone, because we know how to treat each other with respect and live together praising the Lord and his church and remaining in the one faith. In the same way that the liturgical mess has led to the mess of the faith, as Benedict XVI said, with respect for the two forms, ordinary and extraordinary, of the Latin liturgy, together with a missionary impulse of, of evangelization, we will be able to get out of this tunnel of the mess because at the end there is always the light of Christ that illuminates us on the path of history." End quote. 
Now, I did have to play with a few words there because of, you know, the usual reasons, unfortunately. But I don't know if you caught most of what he said there. But in a subtle way, the Cardinal flipped clericalism on its head and pointing out this intransigent, nay, one could even say rigid adherence to the modernism of the post-conciliar period that manifests itself most overtly in the utter antipathy towards the sacred languages of the church and sacred music in the church by the modernists is itself a form of clericalism and rigidity. This is, of course, fairly humorous to me, but then again, that is the kind of how Cardinal Sarah is with his few attempts publicly to speak against the things going on in the church. He never one time in this interview mentions that Samorum Pontificum is going to be abrogated or changed heavily in order to force traditional priests to pinch incense to the Paca Papa by forcing them to say the new mass, which is a deal-breaker for many traditional priests. But instead, he just points out the hypocrisy of the French bishops, without even naming them. Kind of a classy way to handle it. But where does this move to end the Latin mass come from? Now, according to Cardinal Seurat, it comes from poorly formed clergy. Quote, Today there are many dangers that threaten the service of the priest. There are situations that, more than in the past, put the moral integrity of the priest at risk, especially of the youngest. The lack of education received in the family, both human and religious, is a fact. They are young people who have grown up in families in which they have been abandoned themselves, sometimes with bad company, always in front of a television and the internet, alone and isolated, without life models. Their human, emotional, and religious education is often deficient, and this affects the ministry. In addition, having not been educated to organize their day well, that is, the order of life, they spend a lot of time in front of the internet and with their mobile, which, with a passage of time, destroys their critical capacity to reason, to value and judge the things we have read and seen, to be in silence, to meditate. The consequence is that one proceeds by sensations and not following the right reason. Thus, they are turned into puppets in the hands of another. It is the reason why self-care is essential in the years of preparation for priestly ministry. Nor can we forget the little theological and doctrinal preparation they receive, which easily exposes them to sin. It is true that a solid doctrinal formation is not enough to avoid sin. But a good formation, good readings, a good spiritual father, are the solid foundation for one's spiritual life. Before taking care of and taking care of the spiritual life of others, the priest must take care of his own and not leave the years of formation and the rest of his life to chance or superficiality. In light of what I have said, one can understand the importance of caring for souls, zeal for souls, which consists in the interest that the shepherd must nurture for the eternal salvation of the sheep that have been given to him. Confident Benedict XVI said in a homily on April 5, 2012, And as priests, we naturally care about the whole man. We not only care about him physically, but also precisely about the needs of the soul of man, people who suffer, people who are in the dark about the truth, who suffer from the lack of truth and love we care about the salvation of men in body and soul. And as priests of Jesus Christ, we do so with zeal. No one should ever have the feeling that we conscientiously adhere to our working hours, but that before and after we only belong to ourselves. A priest never belongs to himself. People are to perceive our zeal by which we bear a credible witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ. But today little is said about the gospel and souls are no longer spoken about. The current pastoral care mainly deals with material things. Thus, when Jesus says, For what use is it for a man to gain the whole world if he loses his soul? All modern translations say if he loses his life. See Matthew chapter 16, verse 26. The same can be applied to Holy Communion. The Latin text says, Domine non sum dignus, ut intraseb tectum meum, sed tantum dic verbo et sanabdatur animum mea. The last part has been translated, It will be enough to fix me. The priest cares for souls, and if you don't care about souls, it's useless. This for a priest means taking care of one's neighbor, being a restorer like St. John Mary Vianney, end quote.
The poor formation of priests is at the heart of much of this, and it isn't so surprising. We often hear from the modernists, and especially from those who are in lay positions of influence, that what we really need is better catechesis from the lay faithful. Sounds a little like, well, like we're just repeating the past errors here. And the problem is that lay catechists are themselves poorly formed by the poorly formed clergy. Poor instruction begets poor instruction, and we cannot possibly hope to address this mess with bad liturgy and teaching from those who weren't even properly formed in the faith. But this critique really is, again, a soft way of saying that the reason we have a mess of modernism in the church is that modernism is a poor imitation of the faith, and the modernist is, by definition, poorly formed. Now, I'm going to bring Anne Barnhart into this piece from what she wrote earlier. She suggests that Samorum Pontificum was written using the extraordinary form and ordinary form language that said there were two forms of the same rite of the liturgy because Benedict saw that the modernists would try to push the TLM into the furthest margins of the church by claiming that the Latin Mass was its own rite of the liturgy, requiring any priest who said it to be certified to say it in the same way that Latin Rite priests who want to say the liturgy of, say, St. John Chrysostom would, the Mass of the Byzantine Rite or the Chaldean Rite, or any other liturgical form of the East, and to do so requires not only extra training, but a lot of paperwork at the diocesan level, and this would be used as a means to prevent most priests from ever saying the Latin Mass. Perhaps that's the case, and perhaps that gives us insight into what is coming, because the strong word from sources in the hierarchy, or friendly to tradition, is that it will not be so much a ban of the Latin Mass that is coming, but rather a sort of a thousand different ways of eliminating it that will be employed, mostly in a series of non-starters for the priests, barriers that they won't be willing to overcome, like, say, being forced to say the new Mass, as well as diocesan paperwork that will make it all but impossible for most of these very busy priests to persist, all the while permitting Rome to say, Hey, we didn't end some more in Pontificum and Latin Mass. We preserved tradition. We're the real traditionalists. Now obey. Because obedience is the highest form of virtue to the, to the modernist, and so be watching for that. I suspect we're going to find out shortly anyway. But what do you think of this? Was Cardinal Seurat right in laying this at the feet of bad formation? Is Miss Barnhart right when she says that Benedict was being rather sly in his working around the efforts of the modernists to keep the traditional liturgy out of the reach of most Catholics? Let me know your thoughts on this in the comments, please. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.